This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast, live from Dynasty HQ, Haima Black. I am here with Sugar, a.k.a. Uh, Kawaii Sugar. I think a lot of people know you. Under that title, how are you yeah. doing tonight? Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I love podcasts, so this is always fun. Yeah. I'm doing great. Had very productive days. It's chilling, so yeah. now I'm here. Thank you for coming through. So you are someone who um, I have been seeing your work for a while now. I've seen it on Twitter and Instagram, and, like, I mean, your work, I think, is very visually striking, and anybody who wants to go look at it, it's... Um, at kawaii.sugar on Twitter, right? And uh, uh-huh. on Instagram, right? Uh-huh. But so you can find me anywhere under that. Yeah, so people should go look at your work while we're doing this interview and listen to this. Um, but I was seeing your work, and it's really, really striking, so I'm really glad we got you up here tonight because I just think your work's really cool, honestly. Thank you. That means a lot. Like, Yeah. Now, um, we always start at the beginning on these interviews with, like, you know, how did you get your start as a creative? Where did that begin for you? How did you begin as an artist? Like, bring us into the beginning of this. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's pretty cliche. Um, I've been drawing since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I stopped for a while when I was, like, a teenager. I wasn't really drawing. I was just doing ratchet teenage stuff. Sure. That's and, what all teenagers are doing. Yeah, and then um, when I would find myself bored, I'd get, like, a sketchbook at Walgreens or whatever, and i just draw or like any cartoons I liked. Then after seeing like several artists that were pretty cool from Europe and Japan, I really liked their style and I'm like, I wanna do cool shit like that. Like that's not something I see here in the US. It's really original. Like I don't know, it's just grabs you by surprise. So mm-hmm. I want to do something cool too. And I started drawing my own style and at first it was funny because it was a bunch of nudes and I didn't see anything sexual with it but um, my boyfriend's friends would usually clown me and be like, oh, you're gay. I'm like, okay. Like, right. <laughs> like, is this image bothering you? It's just a drawing. But, I mean, I always saw nudes as normal in art, and I honestly, I'm too lazy to draw clothes. Like, <laughs> I love fashion illustration. so beautiful, but not for me. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I stuck with that, and over time, I kept trying, like, well, I'm still trying to perfect my craft, so. Yeah, and I guess let's kind of move it to in recent years. When did you feel like you started to first kind of, like, find your audience? Um, Because it feels to me, and I I don't know you, but, like, to me, on the outside looking in, it feels like on Twitter and and especially Instagram, you've really started to, or not even started, you have found your audience, I feel like. So when did that start to happen where, like, people were really noticing your work and and people were recognizing it for how cool it is? They found me. (laughs) Probably two, three years ago, like, People started to notice my work, especially the whole bondage thing. And I got a lot of cool conversations out of that. Like a lot of people that have said my work has made them feel empowered or more secure. You know, it's just fucking cool hearing like all the cool connections. Of course, I have people that are disturbed by it. I don't know how. But, (laughs) But I mean, that's what it's meant to do, you know. Have you received pushback from the fact that a lot of your work, it is 
kind of very, you know, female form driven. It's, it is a lot of nudity, but it's just, it feels very artistic and very stylistic, but like, have there been places where you've tried to publish your art or, or work with where they're uncomfortable with the subject matter? No, I'm actually way too shy to reach out to people. Like in my head, I'm like, man, I want to paint the wall or I want to do this, but I'm like, I'm too shy to approach people. So I've been very blessed with the people that have been like reaching out to me, like you and you know, it's everyone that messages me and tells me like, hey, I want you to be part of this show. Or, And I kind of see that as a, a little setback for myself. Like I'm trying to be more um, confident in myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, if I'm confident, I could take my stuff further, but I just have to break out of my shell. Like well, it's I'm hard. someone that keeps to myself and my friends a lot. It's hard for me to converse with just anyone, especially like trying to show my work, like, I guess I feel like I'm not bragging, but I'm not the type to be, like, look at my work, like, be self-promotive, you know? Well, and, and that was actually one of the things I was going to ask you about is, to me, again, without knowing you, but but looking at your social, it really feels to me like your work is really front and center more than you are. It seems like you're more comfortable letting the work kind of speak for itself and letting yourself be kind of, like, the creator in the background, but not the main story. Yeah, because with art, like... Someone like me, you could be as loud as you want with your drawings or as obnoxious or as promiscuous, you know, like stuff you can't do in real life. Yeah. So it's cool to put like my thoughts or things I think about in my drawings, you know. Well, and also like it almost feels like there's a little bit, little bit of anonymity behind it where it's like you're not going to go to the grocery store and have someone be like, oh, my God, it's kawaii sugar. Like, I've gotten that sometimes. I'm mean, not to say that here. people don't know who you are, but like your image is not front and center of it like the artwork is. Yeah, I want my art to be like the main focus, not me. You know? Yeah. Like, I have, if I want to account with just my face, I would have that. Right. Which was, that's what it was before. I used to like take selfies all the time, like in my <laughs> early 20s. And my friends would be like, you post a selfie every week. I'm like, so? Like, there's people that post that every day. Sure. But slowly I started post. I always posted my drawings occasionally, but not all the time. And I started slowly, like, with this style I developed, I started posting. And then slowly, like, everything else was just getting deleted. And I made my art page. You have 12,000 followers on Instagram, which is no small feat. That's a good number. Like, did that boom happen overnight or was it really like one by one by one a slow build no it's slowly i mean i I gain followers but i also lose a lot of followers if i'm not like as active lately i haven't been as active as i'd like because i do have like commissions i'm working on and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's christmas i can't post them so and you do commissions yeah i do commissions usually it's like people that want me to draw their girlfriends and gift it to them because they like my art which is cool because Sometimes they ask me and I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, okay, I don't know if you know my art or like your <laughs> like, girlfriend. You know They're like, no, my girlfriend loves your work. I'm like, okay, that's cool then. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Yeah, but it's always like, you know, I don't know if you want your girlfriend drawn like this or if she'll you know, feel comfortable <laughs> like a snake coming out of her vagina, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, but you know what? Like that's the beauty of the internet. There's a taste for everything. Yeah. And your work is, like I said, really good. Now, one of the things that I noticed uh, in, in, again, just being a fan of the work you're posting online, a recurring theme is like, and I'm looking at your Instagram right now, 
you do a lot of this work on these postal service kind of priority mail envelopes. And it to me, it really works. But like, where did that stylistic choice come from? Or was it just something like one day that was what's sitting on the table? No, it's not like more of a stylistic thing. I've been drawing on priority mail since I was a teenager because it's my neighborhood. There was like a lot of graffiti artists and that's something I noticed. And I'm like, that looks cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't do letters for shit, so I'm like, maybe I could draw. And I think I have some of my older works. Like, I used to do, like, Adventure Time characters, stuff like that, and Priority Mails. And I just thought putting my art on it would be cool. And a lot of people that weren't familiar with it would ask me, like, why are you drawing on those? And I'm like, because it's, I don't know, like, it's something I see. Like, I used to trade stickers with people back then, and we'd swap. Priority mail stuff. And it, yeah, it just, it looks, again, I think really visually interesting to have these very kind of like, I'm like doing a bad job of explaining no, this, but it's basically cool. it's work that it's not, you would see in a public space because of the subject matter, because of the nudity, mm-hmm. because of the bondage. And then it's on this kind of just like very public piece of, not content, but mail, but yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, an item. I do do some that are a little more inappropriate than I used to. And I would just put them up in the street. Really? Personally, because it was funny for me, you know? <laughs> like, I've always been kind of a prankster since I was a kid. Like, I was that asshole kid that, like, locked all the bathrooms in school and put thumbtacks in people's chairs. Totally. So I always loved jokes and stuff like that. And some well, and people su- like to dive deeper. They think it's something super deep. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's just humorous for me so yeah it just seems like your subversive kind of punk spirit has survived yeah <laughs> yeah i love that um now something i was interested in also not just the the creative side of this but i'd love to if you're down talk a little bit about kind of like the the business and branding and e-commerce kind of side of thing because one of the things we do on this podcast is a lot is try to break down how an artist has built not only their creative voice but also it's hard to be a an entrepreneur and it's hard to be a business as a creative. So like, is that something you're cool talking about? Yeah, I'm cool talking about it. Yeah. So, I mean, let's start with the e-commerce. You know, you have your own site, you have a big cartel. How did you start getting involved with e-commerce and was that something that came naturally for you or was it a learning curve or? I guess it was a learning curve. Like there's a lot of mistakes that I learned from. Squarespace, that was actually a website a friend of mine um, helped pick out because she's a she builds websites and she's a graphic designer. So I'm like, you know, at the time, Instagram was taking down a lot of my art. Like, people were reporting it. Really? So, yeah, so a lot of it was taken down. So I'm like, you know, I need a website, like, somewhere that I could call MySpace and, like, just put up whatever I want and no one could take it down. So she recommended Squarespace, and I really love it because it shows you, like, who's looking at your site and, like, all the countries, all the traffic, like, it's super cool and how many times they've seen it and how long they spent on it. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to know, see like what people or where people are looking at your stuff from. Big cartel. I've seen like artists that I like use like those small internet shops for like little sales they're doing throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's free. So I'm not paying for big cartel. That helps me. Yeah. And I started making small stuff like stickers uh, I'm making postcards right now, so... I think it makes a ton of sense. I think that's cool. Yeah, and it's like you just have to calculate, like, how much each sticker will be, for example. So, like, let's say you want to do a pack of four stickers and each sticker will be 
four dollars, so it's a sixteen dollar pack. Mm-hmm. That way, like you make money, and it's not something that's crazy expensive. Like, say someone can't afford an original, they could get stickers. Yeah, no, it's good to have everything at that you know at varying tiers and price points because uh-huh. small sales can add up if they're in bulk. Yeah. yeah. What are some things you wish you knew about kind of like setting up your online business going in that you know now? Um, at first, shipping, because for <laughs> some reason, I was shipping a lot out of the United States. So I didn't know how much people charge. Sometimes I charge them like regular price, like seven bucks. It turns out like Australia, a piece of paper is like $14 to ship. So I learned that. So you're like losing UK. money on your exactly. sales. Exactly. Yeah. So shipping is a big thing too like you always have to charge people like the correct shipping and the materials for shipping because if you buy like a box that's like five dollars for example it'll come out of your pocket if you don't charge them so i mean and they want it so of course they gotta pay for it to be sent right yeah and people that support you won't mind you know well yeah and i think that's that's a thing that i i feel like a lot of artists as they're building their business they grapple with price and like oh man is this gonna be priced too high but like Good, good art is worth paying for. Yeah, you know? and I used to be very self conscious about that. Like people have told me, like you should sell your originals for more. But I come from a place where I never went to a gallery until I was twenty two. People like around me weren't buying art, so I was selling drawings for like ten dollars and. And someone's like, oh, I'll pay 70 for, like, this. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, right. are You're you like, serious? wait, hold on, wait. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just a girl living, like, here at McKinley Park. Like, why would you pay that much for my drawings? But people started investing in my art, and it also pushed me to do better and like, do better work. So. Well, yeah, when you feel like you're being paid a rate that makes your time and talent worthwhile, you're like, okay, cool. Like, it, it, I think it inspires you and it motivates, at least for me, yeah. it's more motivating when you're getting paid what you're worth. And you're like, cool, great, I'm on board with this. But I think a lot of creatives out there as they're building their business have priced themselves too low and then it really becomes hard to like, you know, muster up the motivation and things like that. And then you don't want to keep going lower. Like, you got to keep going higher. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's like $10 every six months or whatever. Like right. People see there will be an increase and... Especially your collectors. Like, you have to be nice to the people that are supporting you. Like, you can't be an asshole. You got to keep them updated. Like, like here, this is why it's taking long. Or you got to keep in contact with them and build a friendship because um, they end up buying more from you like that. And it interests other, like, new buyers. Like, same with packaging. You got to... Me, I like doing nice packaging. Like, I wrap it in gift wrap, and, like, I add a bow, and I add a thank you note. Like, it's small details like that. But that makes a difference. It makes it very personalized, and, and I think people really respond to that. Yeah, yeah, people like having, like, that relationship, you know? So that actually helps a lot for me. Like, what's well, helped me with my art and selling and keeping clients and stuff. Like, Yeah, no, I love that. Now, as people have found your work and as you've built your client base and, and people have responded, like, what kind of response do you get? Like, what are people telling you when they find your work or when they buy one of your pieces? A lot of them, like, like it. They say it makes them feel confident in themselves. That makes them feel strong or they like looking at it when they're getting ready. So that's really cool to hear. Other people are satisfied. They're like, oh, this was a gift for my mom. 
So that <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. You know, I picture my mom like I wouldn't give my mom that. Yeah, like, like I know? love your work. I don't know if I would buy your work for my mom, but I love your work. Yeah, yeah. So no, I've had people buy for their moms. I've had like all kinds of people buy my stuff. So it's really cool for me to hear like where everyone's coming from and you know, they ask me questions and we have a conversation. So Yeah, and it seems to me like you are accessible to your to your audience, uh-huh. I feel like. You know, like when I reached out to you, here's the thing, I've, I've done this podcast a long time and I still feel like every time I reach out to someone new, I'm just like, they've never heard of me, they've never heard of this podcast, they're not going to reply or they're going to say no. And anytime anyone says yes, I'm always like, oh my God, like still 13 years in. Oh but it's God. like, I saw your work and I, I kind of had a little sense of like, this person's too cool to come on the podcast. No. So like I was really stoked <laughs> when you said yes. I think a lot of people think I'm stuck up for some reason. It doesn't help that I, I have, like, a resting bitch face in real life. Like, in high school, a good friend of mine, like, we became really good friends, but at first she's like, I didn't even want to talk to you because you look like a bitch. Like, you just look <laughs> mad all the time. So I, I... I did not think you were stuck up. I more thought, like, this person's... Some people's work is so cool that, like, sometimes they don't get a response. I'm like, fair enough, I get it. Like, we're a small podcast, but... Uh, but no, yeah, anytime, honestly, anytime says, anytime anyone says yes, I'm like stoked. I'm like that too. Like, um, there's artist friends I have now, but at first I'm like, their work is way too cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, but we become good friends and stuff. Like, you know, it's just having confidence in that. And I learned from one of my girls named Jackie. Like, she does her own little galleries. They're called, um, for the creatives. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had yeah, Jackie on the she's podcast. Dope. Yeah. I love Jackie. And mm-hmm. she helped me with a mural with my girl, Lena. And we had like a, pro- we need an extension cord somewhere. And she was asking people across the street. I'm like, are you sure they're going to say yes? She's like, just ask. Like, if you want something, you just got to ask. And I, 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 like, that stuck to me. It's it's yeah. a great entrepreneur. I mean, that was yeah. honestly going to be my, kind of my next question of like, what are some of the challenges that come with being a entrepreneurial artist where your art has to also be your business. And and I think that is one of the big challenges just to kind of throw this answer in front of your answer is like just knowing how to ask for things. But, but what else is a challenge when your creative craft is also your business? Drawing personal things like personal art for yourself. Cause sometimes you got like a rush of commissions and it's like, fuck, I want to draw this, but I don't have time. So you got to learn how to balance that out, too, because I don't know, for me, if I can't draw what I want, I start getting, like, cranky, like... <laughs> like, like, if you haven't eaten, swing. you're, like, hangry. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how I feel. So you just have to find the right balance. Like It's different for everyone. It takes time to adjust and learn, so... Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that is a big... You know, we were talking um, with the previous guest, um, Kevin, just mm-hmm. about... I don't remember if the mics were on or off. I think the mics were off. We were just talking about the diff- the difficulty of like balancing the, you know, making the creative part happen and then building all the business with different platforms and then promoting it. And it's like, it's so hard to do all three of those things, let alone consistently and still also be able to make the creative thing happen. Yeah. It's, it's a juggling act. It is, but you learn. I mean... There's days where you have to be checking emails and responding to them because if you don't respond, then there goes your chance or whatever. Yeah, you lose a sale and you lose a potential repeat customer. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to make like, if you're going to drop stuff like shirts, you got to be like consistent. If not, like you got to let them know I'm going to drop them this day. Yeah. Or, you know, put it on your story where like if 
I see a lot of people look at my story, so I finally, like, saw something. I posted there instead of, like, my actual feed because, you know, like, Instagram's fucking up the algorithms right now, so... Yeah, no, they are. And, and I hear that from a lot of people that, like, their story has almost supplanted Instagram itself as the main engagement platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we are on the verge of kind of 2019 coming up, like... What's on deck for you? What are you excited about? Bring us into what's ahead for Kawaii Sugar as an artist. Uh, I'm excited for 2019. I actually want to travel. And, I mean, I kind of want to check out other galleries and ask, like, you know, like, show my work and if I could have stuff there or a show. Like, I've never asked a gallery if I could show work. So that's a little intimidating, but... I mean, when you're scared of something and you overcome it, like, it just feels so good after. It does. And your work absolutely should be in a gallery. It's like I said, like, it's so cool. Like, the whole reason I reached out to you is because I have seen your work for a long time and I've just always been like, holy shit, this person's doing cool stuff. I didn't know you. I've never met you prior to this oh. interview. But it's like, you know, I always saw your work and I always thought, like, holy shit, this person is doing really cool things. So your work absolutely belongs in a gallery. No oh. doubt. I want in other gallery states because I'm like, I'm cool with Chicago people. I'm like, right. you know, from my website, shout out to Squarespace, I see I get a lot of traffic from New York, Texas, California. And it's like there, I don't know anyone. So it'll be a challenge, you know. I have friends there, but I don't know any galleries. I don't know shit about those places. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the next adventure. Yeah. I'm curating two postal sticker shows. Oh, cool. So one in Pilsen Outpost, one at YCA. So mm-hmm. that's going to be challenge too. I like curating. I like showing other people's work. Like, it's fun. I want to have a show with my friend Vivian Lee. She's dope. And I'm working on a book AMPM with my girl Lisa. She's a poet. It's kind of like an angry girl erotic kind of book. Mm-hmm. So that's coming out too. And and so people can find all this as they happen, like on your Instagram and on your Twitter or and website. Or on my stuff. website, yeah. yeah. I mean, Facebook, I don't really use my Facebook page, but I probably should. But I feel like Facebook might take your artwork down. And maybe, maybe it, I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's true. That's why I don't use it that much. Same with Tumblr. Like I used to get a lot of traffic off Tumblr too. But now with the new censorship rule, like... Well, and that's, I think, another fair question. It's like, as the internet is becoming more censored and as things are strangely becoming more puritanical in, like, 2019 almost, it's which is bizarre, it's like, how does an artist like yourself um, survive when platforms that you rely on suddenly are not available to you in the same way? Well, that's when I have to break out of my egg and be social with people and learn <laughs> how to talk to people, you know? Like, sure, yeah. Back then, people didn't have internet and social media and... Yeah. They got opportunities, like, so fuck it. (laughs) Well, you know, I teach at Columbia College, and I tell my students, I'm like, you know, I remember I would fly here for, like, the Metro in high school. Yeah. And that was how I got to know everybody. That was the social media, is I would go to a ton of shows, and I'd literally just physically hand out flyers, and I'd start to see the same people out and about. And it's like, that was the social media of the time. That was how you promoted things. And people forget face-to-face is so valuable. Exactly. So it's like, I want to do more of that. And we'll see. Like, there's a lot of things I want to do. And sometimes I freak out. Like, I don't have enough time, but I'm only 25, so. Yeah, you got time. Then I chill, you know. I don't know. I'm just an angsty person where I want to do everything, and I have to plan it out. Like, it has to be perfect. It has to be precise, or else I don't want it. Like, 
I get that. I think that's a common thing among creative people. It's it's that sense of like I'm not doing enough and I have to do everything. And it's like you can only get done what you can get done as you go. Exactly. So. Yeah. Final question. I really appreciate you coming up tonight and being here in this conversation. What advice would you give to anybody who is you know watching or listening and is a fan of your work and is thinking like I want to do that. I want to put my work out there. I want to like actually be bold enough to you know start putting myself out as an artist. What would you tell somebody who hasn't started out yet? What worked for me is I told myself just do it. Like I used to find myself just browsing the internet or just watching TV. And I'm like, damn, I wasted an hour, two hours just watching TV instead of like practicing or doing something productive with my art. And I just got off my ass and I started doing things. Just do it. It sounds so obvious, but it is really true. It's never been easier to just waste a day or an evening just scrolling on your phone or your laptop and then like... That's time you could be out meeting people, you could be learning a new skill in person or taking an online course or doing a billion other things. But I think we forget that our scroll time does take away from our time of like developing other skills. Oh, yeah, it does. And I've told friends before that have asked me, I'm like, just do it. And I'm like, they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm not being an asshole. It's true. Like, nothing's stopping you. You're capable. If you want to like learn how to weed paste, there's like, forums or people teaching if you want to learn how to screen print it's online it's on youtube like everything's on the everything internet. is online if you now. want to learn yeah. yeah just learn and invest in yourself like me when i was younger i used to be like damn artists get their prints and pillows and everything made for free like that was my kid mind like someone right, just right. draw something and a company here we're gonna give you these to sell and here's no. all of your money yeah 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 and now it's like damn you have to invest in yourself and you know <laughs> i laugh at that now but that's how no, i used to think it, and I, and the reason that i kind of do these kind of conversations is i i'm I think it's important to demystify the process a little bit because it is like I remember being 15 and not knowing how anything works and even maybe you're 17 or 19 or 21 and I mean you could be older and not know how certain things work. There's a lot of things I don't know how they happen but like mm-hmm. it, I think it's there's a lot of value in being like hey like here's exactly how this actually works and here's how you can go do it and like I said I, I think your work is really great and I'm glad that it's out as much as it is and that it's found an audience thank you yeah it's just trial and error to like you know what works for other people might not work for you so no 100 you don't know once you find like your little coop like you'll feel comfortable you'll feel like you know i this is what i love to do and this is how i like to do it so plug the website all the best places for people to find your work again my website kawaiisugar.com k-a-w- Wait, K-A-W-A-I-I-S-U-G-A dot com. Mm-hmm. Instagram at kawaii.sugar. Twitter, I don't really, I haven't been posting art there lately, but if you want to hear me rambling or like liking stupid memes, it's <laughs> kawaii underscore sugar. Yeah, and people can just Google kawaii sugar and they'll find yeah, you. Yeah, and people could hit me up. Like I'm very responsive to people. So if they want to talk to me or... Just hit me up. <laughs> and if they go to kawaiisugar.bigcartel.com, they can also purchase things and, and also from your website as well. Yeah, I'm actually going to update that because I'm going to drop some stickers. Um, I'm going to be vending stuff at the Bridgeport Art Center at the Base Cafe on the 21st. So nice. If anyone wants to stop by, I'll be there. Yeah, I, I know I am definitely going to be buying some of your work because this space that I'm in now, which I love, it's very bare. There's nothing on the walls and I need, my friends are always like, get some art, dude. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll do it later. And like, 
I was looking around today and I'm like, I really need some art on the wall. So so I'll be making a purchase in the near future. It's either you have the space but don't buy art or you just have a bunch of art with no frames, which is my problem. Oh, I have right so now. many so many like high end silk screen posters oh. with no frames and they're just sitting there. And one day I'm gonna put them up and I'm like, Oh, here was that cool Death Cat for Cutie show I went to in two thousand eight and I'm just putting it up in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> but yeah, better late than never. Um Kawaii Sugar, I'm so glad we got you up here tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time and like I said I'm a huge fan of your work so thank you so much for being here thank you for having me like super fun I love podcasts I was listening to like think your Evie the cool one that one was yeah yeah and I was listening to several others oh that's so cool like I said I'm always like oh my god you've heard that but we've been lucky that so many great people have said yes to being on this podcast and I'm always appreciative of anyone taking the time so uh you know we will have you back on as new things are happening I'd love to have you back on next year cool we'll make it happen man uh kawaii sugar Everybody can find you under that name online. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.